We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The baseball season is go, go, go. It's nonstop, relentless for every night, six straight months, and then hopefully another month in October. You also have work, friends, family, and a million other things going on. That's when you reach for a Coors Light. It's made to chill. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. I mean, the mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. Is there anything better than opening up your refrigerator after a long day, seeing that icy cold Coors Light can or bottle in your fridge? The answer is no, there's nothing better. That's why when it's time to chill, you choose Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So that's why when you want to hit reset, reach for a beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show with your hosts, Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Bronx Pinstripe Show, the annual bold predictions episode. Scott, you ready to be bold? You gotta be bold. Everyone's gotta get their bold predictions out there. Bold in capital letters with emojis. Bold. Be bold. As long as you don't, as long as you don't take the, you know, the side door again this year. Uh, you did it two years ago. You, last year you tried to get back in the game. So I, I, I appreciate you actually having some respect for these uh, bold predictions and and being a little bit more ridiculous and not, uh, you know, not skirting the issue by talking about like John Sterling's home run calls or Who's whatever to the say I don't was. have a John Sterling bold prediction this year. <laughs> yeah, no, it's all good. The uh, I'm ready for it. I, I'm I'm very excited about this season. I just uh, I just did a, a podcast with uh, Knicks Film School, who's another New York show covering the Knicks yesterday, and uh, I got I didn't realize how excited I was until I started talking about it with someone else. Uh, that's kind of outside the when baseball purview. And when excited, that happened, that's kind of rude. Well, it did. Yeah, it got me excited in a different way. So um, I got uh, I, I realized how fired up I was for the season. So now, yes, I'm I'm ready to go. Let's uh, let's get let's get these bold predictions out. Yeah, it's uh, you know how I feel about predictions, but yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna indulge. I'm gonna indulge in the act. And this is also a special episode because we have Bob the intern on. I feel like Bob the intern needs to be said in a Bridget. Bob the intern is on the show. I feel like you need to have a British accent. Bob, what's up? Welcome to the show. We've been teasing it for a few weeks. You've been doing some stuff on the back end, but you're going to be a part of of the our weekly shows that come out on Mondays. You're going to be on those episodes going forward. What's up, man? Yeah, what's up, guys? Thank you uh, for having me. I'm excited to be here. It's funny how um everything kind of came full circle since Tyler worked with you guys, but uh, I look forward to learning a lot from you guys and just being involved, so... It's going to be a fun season. Yeah. And part of this is you're going to have to grade us on our, on how bold we are. So yeah. <laughs> your opinion, and you're going to be tracking it throughout the, throughout the year to, to keep us honest on, because you know what, two years ago, Scott predicted 19 and 0 against the Orioles and then somehow backtracked on it and said, he really predicted 17 and two or whatever the Yankees ended up finishing. <laughs> so it was a, this, this way. Now we have someone who's tracking it and there's no, yeah, someone, would have, with someone would have been able to tell me that I was correct and did say that uh, originally, even after I showed and had you listen to the audio tape, but yeah, okay. I'll be keeping tabs. I'll, I'll be watching closely. Keep, keep us on this, Bob. <laughs> so oh, yeah. bef- before we get to those, those bold predictions, uh, let's talk about the, the events on Monday, the last day of spring training. It was, it was a weird day. 
And if you were, if you were, if you had your head buried in, in the sand that day and maybe you were in meetings all day, then you didn't realize it. But if you were just on Twitter, like a big portion of Yankees, of Yankees fans, it was weird because Boone was supposed to talk to the media before the final spring training game. And then that got pushed back and then his availability got canceled and they announced Brian Cashman would be speaking to the media at about one o'clock and that got kept, kept getting, get pushed back. And then he didn't speak until like three o'clock judge. Meanwhile, was not in the lineup for the third straight game. So naturally, everyone's thinking, uh-oh, his ankle is broken. Uh-oh, his Where's head the MRI? Yeah, what is going on with Judge? Because I don't blame them for connecting those dots. And we thought it was going to be a major thing to judge. It turns out he's not in the lineup because he was just feeling under the weather, according to Boone and according to Cashman. Are you we, I mean, we that? didn't even get flu. Did we get flu-like symptoms or we just got under the weather, right? Then we just got under the weather and they had to do COVID testing because obviously that's that's a big thing still. So you, if you're feeling sick, if you tell the team doctors you're feeling sick, guess what? They're going to test you for COVID. They did not say anything about those tests. They just said he needed to go through protocols. Are you buying that was this was just like a, a spring head cold or do you think there's something more? Like, are you 100% confident Aaron Judge will be in the lineup on Thursday? I can't always say that I'm 100% confident, to be honest, with the way things have gone. But that being said, like I think that if anybody feels anything, they're they're going to delay as much as humanly possible until they get that COVID test because that's what they're... That's the... If you're not feeling well, the, the COVID... Positive COVID test is the worst case scenario, I guess, in that, in that, in that little bubble, right? In that, in that, um, in that isolated situation. So if he doesn't have it, then then it's it's much ado about nothing. He's just got you know a, a dry throat or whatever it is, and that's that's all it is. But if the COVID test comes back and it's positive, now we have a totally different situation, and he's got to go through even more protocol. He's got to you know get more positive tests after being uh, well. That affects the whole team too. Because it affects everything. Yeah, right. And you don't know that until you get the test back. So that's what it sounded like the entire day was like. Oh, not feeling well, coach. Probably should get tested. Waiting for that test. Oh, it's supposed to come back at one o'clock. It hasn't come back. Oh, it's supposed to come back at two o'clock. It hasn't come back. It's supposed to come back at three o'clock. You know, so they're just waiting throughout the day to get this thing back to make sure that it's actually uh, clear. That's what I think happened. Yeah, you might you might be right. Uh, it's just I'm so jaded that uh, I'm not going to believe he's in the lineup. Just like I'm not going to believe Clint Frazier is the starting left fielder, and I'm I'm not going to believe Gary Sanchez is the starting catcher for Garrett Cole until I oh, see. Oh, good. Well, those I hope all three of those things happen, and then you just and then let's. Here's the other thing. If all three of those things happen, you're not allowed to to go into your conspiracy theories of of like putting your head in the sand for two weeks. Two what weeks. What are you talking about? I think that should, that should be a new rule for every everything everything that like goes against your uh, your pessimism and gets confirmed as like actually being true and what they say. You have a two week buffer then to be pessimistic about something absolutely ridiculous. No, that's not that's not doing anyone any favors. See the the listeners. Like when I dig deeper and I read between the lines because we've got to find out the truth of what's really happening with this team. So Gary Sanchez is going to be the opening day catcher. Clint Frazier is going to be the opening day left fielder. And Aaron Judge is going to be the opening day right fielder and be ready to play and play a full game. That's what's going to happen. All three of those things probably aren't going to happen. One of those things won't happen. Every one of those things will happen. <laughs> I hope so. I don't. I, I've and that's not even my bold prediction. That's just that's just that's just a that's that's easy. So what the what the update that Cashman ended up giving was that they have finalized some roster spots. Tyler Wade <laughs> once again has made the roster. Michael King made the roster, and Nick Nelson made the roster. Uh, it, Nick Nelson looked pretty good in spring training, so it, it really does seem like Michael King was added for that Justin Wilson spot, who will start the season on the IL. Um, and then there was also a Mike Talkman fall the ball off of his shin situation, so there was like. That was up in the air if he was going to actually be on the roster, but I believe he, no issues there. So all to do about nothing. They made us freak out and wait for like four hours. And it was just to find out that Tyler Wade once again has made the roster. I mean, everybody knew that was going to happen. As as much as people didn't want that to happen, everybody knew that was going to happen because, but I will, uh, there, there has been some, um, you know, we got a rule five, Back over here now, Kyle Holder, who also plays shortstop, who's known for his glove, former, I believe he was a first round pick back in the, like, he was, he was one of uh, those, those early picks that the Yankees made on the infield that 
that had gloves but never really panned out on the offensive side, which is exactly what Tyler Wade. They have three guys. Uh, Cedo Culver is another one who did that. It was Culver, Holder, and Wade. All three, all three guys could play defense. Offense was never there, and I think that's that's where uh, if you look back at the way that they've drafted shortstops, um, you see a pattern there. But a guy that can that can play the the field well, and you know maybe he can handle the bat a little bit better than Wade. It could be an option down the road um, for. Those guys you need know, to be added to the 40-man, so, though. Again, it would have to be a Tyler... It, I think it's a situation where, you know, the uh, the time just runs up on Tyler Wade, and there's a guy that does similar things, and, and that's what happens. So who knows? It, it's kind of a long shot, but um, yeah, it was interesting. It was of note, for sure. Yeah, and Dietrich all accepted his option down to uh, alternate site, and also Robinson Chirinos, they re-signed him, and he'll be added to the alternate site as he's rehabbing and his initially was a six week timetable. So that kind of puts him sometime in late April, I believe. And they just needed, needed the catching depth as insurance, I think. So we thought Chirinos was never not going to be an option anymore because of the the wrist issue, but turns out we might see him at some point this year. Anything I mean, else it's a good th- thing though. It's a good thing to have a major league catcher back there. Uh, I mean, I mean, he, he probably just didn't want to, you know, he understands he has to rehab um, and, and get everything back right and play again. But, so that's why he accepted that minor league option. He's he 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 understands that this first month or two are, are going to be crucial for the Yankees in the, in the catching position. So having that um, that major league veteran catcher sitting in AAA is a good thing for us for sure. Yeah, because if if there does come a situation where Gary Sanchez loses his job, I don't know how he's going to be as a backup catcher. I, they might need to figure something else there. Well, and that's the other thing, just having depth in the backup catching position. I mean, who, who knows? Anything could happen with Hickey as well. Having a guy like that does provide good depth. And uh, and they were very thin without... I mean, they're still very thin until he's healthy, but it's a, it's a good option to have. Anything else from spring training? Final thoughts before we move on to bold predictions and finally get to the regular season? Feels like spring training took six years. The... Uh, the the pictures of the guys flying back over New York at night, seeing the lights, and uh, I think uh, Geo posted it on his Instagram. It's it's just uh it's it's just one of those like check marks, you know what I'm saying? Like it's it's cool to see that. It's cool to see the city lights with these guys flying over, you know, with the um, with them coming back to the Bronx. It's a long time coming, so glad uh, glad that that you know that is happening, and that we'll have we'll see some fans in the stands. Tomorrow's gonna be a fun day. Garrett Cole, first time he's pitching in front of Yankees fans. First time. It's going to be great. I guess um, spring training, very much but yeah, real, real regular season game. For real. So can, 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 the other, as, he, as he said, the other ones were dry humps. <laughs> that's a great quote. Dry, that's a lot of dry humping. The, uh, can we confirm if there were pods on that plane? We got that tweet from someone. Like They tweeted yeah. a picture of the, of, the, of the giant plane. It's like, come on, can't we get 26 pods for these guys? It's a, it's a three and a half hour flight north. Just customize that bitch and get some, get some, get some pods in there. Let's let's learn from our mistakes. It's I'll never that forget you have, that you have, picture. You have giants on your team. You have literally, you have a number of them now. <laughs> There's Do not you remember just that picture from I believe it was the 2019 season of Araldis Chapman s- sleeping on the plane, and he had his yeah. feet like crammed up against the seat in front of him, like Araldis Chapman, the dude six five whatever. I'm like, how is this a professional baseball team? That's how that is I exactly how you get soft tissue hamstring injuries by being cramped up on a plane for four, five, three hours, whatever it is, getting up, trying to walk it off and just doing something a little different, walking down those stairs in a crisp, you know, you know, uh, 2 a.m. air. It's, it's just, it's, it's a, it's an opportunity for a, for a soft tissue injury waiting to happen every single time. I hate it. You've heard us talking about it before, and we're back again to talk to you about hosting your own podcast here at Blue Wire. And there's no better place to host than Blue Wire Hustle. Hustle was created to give everybody the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with BlueWire's top podcasters, access to our community Discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll help you get your show posted out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all the other listening platforms. The best part is you can get all of this for only $15 a month, which is just your hosting fee. That's the same rate as all other hosting sites would charge you for an initial setup. So you're going to be paying that anyway. So you might as well be doing it at Blue Wire Hustle, where you get all those other great features I just mentioned. So if you're ready to do more than just listening to me and Scott talk about your favorite team, then make your voice heard in Hustle. Acceptance into this program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, you can go to bwhustle.com slash join. You can check out the description box for this episode and find out more, but that's bwhustle.com slash join. Again, check it out in the show notes if you are interested. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? We've all gone through a lot over the past year plus with COVID. Well, BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional counseling done securely online. There's a broad range of expertise available, which may not be locally available in your area. And it's available worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living happier today. You can visit their website and read their testimonials that are posted daily to see for yourself. Visit betterhelp.com slash Bronx21. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, and join the over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of experienced professionals. We have a great special offer for our listeners. You can get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash Bronx21. One more time, betterhelp.com slash Bronx21. Okay, let's get to those bold predictions. Everyone's been waiting for them. Scott, do you want to go first? Do you want to do the honors? Okay. I, I didn't know who to start with, but I feel like um, given what the the little hints that I feel like you've been saying, I got I to gotta head you off of the pass potentially. So I'm going to change my order around a little bit. So I'm the first one saying some of these things. Um, I'm going to start in the, I'm in the bullpen. I'm going to start in the bullpen. Uh, I got a big, big fastball. I'd say a plus changeup. Nick Nelson is emerging as a a lead candidate to uh, to to be a major contributor into the Yankees bullpen this year. I think that with the you know the beginning of the season, no Britain. Um, I think a lot of people are looking at Johnny Lewisaga to be that guy, and I'm saying that Nick Nelson is is showing enough in camp. It seems like the the team really likes him a lot. Fastball changeup is a good. A uh, nice combination for uh, a one to two inning guy, but probably just more of a one inning guy. I think that's what he plays to long term, and I could see him being that 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 type of swing guy where he's coming in to to shut down. And I, I feel like the the confidence level and a Nick Nelson is growing with the with the organization and with the coaching staff. And I'm excited. I'm excited about him. Um, I thought he showed some really good stuff last year. And from everything we've seen and heard, he's only built on it this year. And they are looking for a guy to emerge out of that bullpen. Uh, And I think it's a lot of people think it's Loisiga, but I just I'm not confident that Loisiga can make that make that uh, that swing. We've we've been waiting for it and it just hasn't been there. So um, and it seems like they're making him a a real two inning guy. Plus, 
he's really becoming that middle reliever type. Whereas I think Nick Nelson has the, uh, you know, the, 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 the fastball velocity, the high nineties velocity with a, with changeup and sets up to be a, a nice one inning piece. Uh, and I think he's going to be a major contributor. Bob, did you notice anything about that prediction? Anything lacking in that prediction? Back up. Uh, I'm not really there's, sure. There's nothing to it. I mean, well, yeah. well, okay. What does that mean? Major piece. Like, give me some numbers. Give me an actual, give me an actual prediction here. Is he going to be the seventh inning guy come midpoint in the season? Is he going to be ahead of certain guys in the pecking order? What are you, what are you predicting here that he's going to be a, a, a he's going to take a step forward? Okay, fine. It It like, is a little broad. I yeah, that could say. be anything. That could be anything. You got to back it up more. The the dude is going to be uh, uh it's not he's not going to be a 7th inning, he's not going to be an 8th inning. By the end of the by the end of the year, uh maybe I could see him in some of those He's going to be a he's going to be ahead of Loizaga. He's okay. going to be ahead of Sessa. He's okay. going to be ahead of everybody else not named Chapman, <laughs> Britton. I think he's going to actually play above uh a plug just Justin Wilson now that he's out as well. He's going to have that opportunity. So he could slot he's in not, as a seventh inning guy. Not ahead of Chad Green, though. Not ahead of Chad, not ahead Green. Of Chad Green. What about ahead of Darren O'Day? I think they're different roles. I think Darren O'Day is going to be more of a. Uh, he's not a. He's not a. Uh, uh, what was that guy's name who came in all the time against Poppy? Like literally, he was only Myers, on the team. Mike for, Myers. My, Mike Myers. Yeah, I think that O'Day is going to be used like that, even though he's not the same type of pitcher. But he's going to be used like that against like these isolated one to one matchups. Um, and and hopefully the you know he doesn't get screwed by the the three batter rule, but yeah I think Nick, Nick Nelson is going to uh, emerge as that that guy right behind Chad Green. All right, that's not very bold. That's like that's like coffee's been sitting. The guy's on a rookie last year. That is extremely forty five minutes. Uh, How long did it take Loizaga to get to this point? He, he we've we've been well, Loizaga has just never time. been consistent at any in the starting rotation in the bullpen. He's never been consistent. Like his stuff is obviously good. And his biggest issue was when he made the jump from the minors to the majors, he started losing command. He was, he was a control guy in the minors. That's what made him so effective. I know. His, yeah. his and walk rate and was. He, and now he can't do that. It's crazy. Right. The, the, the fact that he can't find the strike zone. So his walk rate in the minors was fantastic. And then when he got to the majors, he was falling behind hitters. And guess what? You can't just. You're not going to blow guys away in the majors because your stuff is good. It's not that good. So he was getting himself in trouble. Um, okay, fine. Uh, yeah, Luke, lukewarm prediction from you. My first one. I got I got hard numbers for every single other one, so we're good. Okay. Uh, my first prediction is about Giancarlo Stanton, and he will be the Yankees team home run leader with 44 home runs this season. And I don't know how bold that is considering I did put out a Twitter poll asking who's going to lead the Yankees in team home runs this year. I, I added Judge, Stanton, Gary Sanchez, and Glaber Torres, and Stanton got 43.9% of the vote. Over 1,000 people voted, um, and that was the leader. No love for Gary Sanchez, less than 5% of the vote. But uh, yeah, that's that's my prediction. Big G, 44 dingers, leads the team in home runs. That also means, though, he's going to be playing. healthy this year. Because if he's if he's going to hit all those home runs, you got to be on the field. So that's also predicting, I guess, like one one thirty five to one forty games played for for Giancarlo. Okay, I'll uh, I'll combat what you just said with my uh, number two bold prediction because uh, it's 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 going directly against what you just said. Aaron Judge plays one hundred and forty games this year, fifty home runs, MVP of the American League. Okay. Well, I mean, at redemption least he- for 2017. We get the MVP. It's, it's, uh, I, I was looking at the amount of games that Trout was playing on his last couple MVPs. He had a, uh, in 2019, I think it was 134 games. So that's why I got 140 pegged in there. We're filtering in some sprinkling, sprinkling some, some off days, you know, potentially, uh, some, some sore days, some, you know, after playing built, on the, those built in um, off days and, and that built in off thing. days, some potential concrete days down in yeah. uh, Tampa. We're not going to roll you, roll him out there. Um, but I got 50 home runs who 140 games played. American that's a pretty League high home run. That's a MVP. pretty high rate of home runs considering he's hitting 50 homers in 140 games. There you go. Well, that's exactly what he's going to do. It's going to be a very, very torrid pace. Okay. Okay. At least you, at least you put dead, your money. Dead ball, dead ball era. Let's go. <laughs> at least you put money where your mouth is on, on that prediction. That was a little better, right, Bob? 
Yeah, some improvement there. All right, my next one's also going to the bullpen. And uh, the Yankees bullpen is going to struggle more than the starting rotation for the first time in a long time. And I'm predicting they're going to be acquiring two relief pitchers this season before the deadline. The first of which is Wade Davis, who is back with Kansas City, and he made the Major League roster basically on a prove-me contract. So he's getting only like a million two five for making the roster, and then he can make some incentives with KC. But he, the, KC really no ha, really has no incentive to keep him. This is really just a, let's see if he can regain some of that Kansas City magic, and then let's flip him at the deadline for like a mid-level pitching prospect. So I think he's going to have a good first half of the season and be available. The Yankees are going to bring Wade Davis in, and they're also going to acquire Richard Rodriguez from Pittsburgh, who Pittsburgh is just selling everyone off, okay? This guy is controlled through 2023, and he's had an up-and-down career. But overall, he's been pretty good since 2018. In 158 innings pitched, he has a 3.02 ERA and a 3.72 FIP. I think the Yankees would target someone like that, kind of like they targeted Tommy Canely a couple years ago from Chicago as someone who's controlled uh, pre-arb, or I think this is first year of arbitration, and they can start to move some more pieces into that bullpen who are controlled for a long time because some of these guys are going to be coming up soon, like Chad Green. I mean, he's been in the league six years, so they're going to have to start paying some of these guys. They're going to try and target someone like Richard Rodriguez to bring in and and fill the, that bullpen. I don't know. So I don't know if he's going to be how Nick Nelson is going to get in games before Wade Davis and Richard Rodriguez, but that's my prediction. Okay. That's uh, I mean, you want to talk about random as shit. That's, that is a very random prediction. So um, pr- Richard Rodriguez, who's 31 years old is going to be coming over uh, and in the last full season had a, a, almost a six ERA. Okay. Interesting. Bold. That is bold. That is bold that they are going to go out and acquire that guy and that guy's going to make an impact on the team. I think if there's even rumors that either of those guys are going to be traded to the Yankees, that's you're a gonna win count, You're going to count that as a W? <laughs> yes. If, if one guy tweets, if we get one beat writer tweeting like, oh, the Yankees called Kansas City about Wade Davis, boom, I just predicted that. The, so the, the, it's funny that you mentioned Richard Rodriguez because he definitely came up in our locker room a couple of weeks ago. That's the only reason you even know who that is. Because I didn't even remember that. And that's probably yes, you just did, like, because I was talking about it. I asked, I asked specifically if that was Pudge Rodriguez's kid, if you recall. And okay, it wasn't. That's gotta be why, okay, kid. So I didn't remember that when I was making this prediction, but that's got to be where that name came from. Yeah. I was like, the fact that you just pulled that one out of your ass completely is, uh, is because I was, I was like, I was looking at Pittsburgh's roster and I was like, oh, they're tanking. Who can the Yankees trade? I was like, oh, this guy's had some good stats in his past. So let me tell you why I think you're completely wrong on that one as well. It's because they have so the Yankees have so many right-handed pitchers in the minor leagues right now that are coming so damn close to, to being, uh, you know, contributors. I really do think that they're going to be dipping down into those minor leagues. And and also, um, this is not part of my predictions, but I would not be surprised if they, if we had, you know, a Luis Medina or someone like that coming up, uh, one of these, one of these right-handed flamethrowers that are coming in from double AA, A, triple A, uh, be a contributor in the bullpen this year. I think they have so many guys to throw spaghetti against the wall in that bullpen that they're not going to make that part of their acquisitions, unless it's an impact guy. It's not going to be a a meddling guy like Rodriguez or freaking Wade Davis, who no one gives a shit about. Those guys are non-impact guys. Those are guys like, okay, we, impact we have guys a bullpen game. Like just throw the, they're not good. So that's why I think they're going to look at the, the talent that they actually have in their system and use a guy like that. But they never promote the, the, the only guys they that do all get, the time. Chad but Green, they never Johnny actually. Lewisica, Johnny Lewisica came up as in double from double. Johnny Lewisica is not used in any meaningful situation. He's used as garbage relief time and a fill in whenever they have so too Wade many Davis injuries. Is going to be used in in a in a Wade Davis is going to be used in high leverage situations if he's having a good season. Yeah. Six ERA. Richard Rodriguez is going to be used in high leverage situations. I just told you what his numbers are since 2018. <laughs> They're good numbers for the past two and a half seasons overall. He had a rough 2000. And 19, but he was good in 2020 and he was good in 2018. 2020 throw it. We throw that one away. So let's look at the, Oh yeah. The you only two. throw it away when it's convenient for you, but when it's not You're convenient right. for you, you. Yes. It's exactly how this works. All right. Next prediction. Let's go with, uh, let's stay in the outfield, stay in the outfield here. 
I looking back at at the numbers here, I was uh, I was actually a little surprised in what I saw. Very pleasantly surprised, to be to be very clear. And I need to pull these numbers back up here while I'm talking. But my my bold prediction is that Clint Frazier is going to be the starting left fielder, which is not part of the bold prediction. It's just a a confirmation of what is going to happen. But he's also going to be hitting thirty home runs. I got him at a 30 home run guy. And let me tell you why last year, when you look back at, at his numbers and I will use 2020, uh, it, part, as part of my argument here, because it does help my case. And also it was a, uh, a transition year for him. It was a development year. So I feel like that's part of, you, you could use a, if it's a short series and it's a guy who's developing and, and like taking that next step, you kind of have to look at it a little bit more, I guess for trends, but not necessarily total impact. But when I'm looking at what he did last year, and uh, I was surprised by his on-base percentage, was was one that that really got me. And I'm really struggling to pull this up because I freaking moved to go see Richard Rodriguez. Thank you very much. All right, here we go. Um, the 2020 season, his on-base percentage 394. You're you're looking at a, a a guy who has drastically improved. I think the the approach at the plate. We saw him going the other way a lot more. I mean, you're, you're talking about a guy who has an on-base percentage very close to what Aaron Hicks is doing. You, uh, Cliff Frazier's just, you see the amount of walks that he had. You could tell that his, his approach at the plate was just very much different. It was tweaked in a way where he was not looking to pull the ball all the time. I don't know how many, how many in 2018 when he came up or 2019 when he came up and we saw like glimpses of him, how many foul balls look like they were going to kill a bat kid. Because he's trying to pull a ball that's, you know, that was his approach the entire time. That, was that, that inside lightning, out. That lightning quick bat speed. Yeah. That, that That's Brian all we Cashman saw was, was the, the ball going foul. He's he's more patient. He's more mature. He's uh, taking a better approach to the plate. And I think he's going to, because of that, he's going to see the ball fly over the wall a lot more. And it's not just going to be the left field. We're going to see center field. We're going to see right field. He's really taking on that that judge approach uh, where he's going to spray the ball. I think LeMay, who's been a good uh, good influence on him. So I got I got Clint Frazier 30 home runs, and I think that is going to be a direct correlation of his plate discipline and the the pitches that he's swinging at because of his walk percentage, I think is going to continue to increase. And looking back at his on-base percentage, I was really impressed. I, I didn't realize it was as high as it was. I and forgot I it was that high too. That's very impressive, especially because he had a 267 batting average. So to have a 394 OBP is very impressive. I don't know if that's sustainable for him because he's more of an aggressive type hitter, but if he can be 360, I mean, that's fantastic. Like if I put the over under at 360 this year, are you taking the over or the under on that? I'm taking the over because I think he's just a more disciplined player in general. Uh, and I think he's, he's really, you know, owning that zone. He understands where his strengths are and where, where his weaknesses are. I think at this point, or at least he's, he's very much learning that. And I think, and owning it and not trying to be that um, overly aggressive, like you just said, overly cocky, you know, guy that has all the confidence in the world that he can do things, but understanding that there are situations where he has to play to his strengths more and not let the pitcher um, dictate what's going to happen. And I think that was happening a little too much early on. And again, it's just, I think maturity and discipline at the plate is, is a big piece of this. And it's just a player coming into his own. I also made a Clint Frazier prediction. Bob liked that one. I could tell by the look on his face. I also made a Clint Frazier prediction, and it's not that different from yours, so I feel kind of, I'm kind of annoyed with you. Um, I said Clint Frazier will lead the Yankees in games played with 155, and he will hit 25 home runs. That was my prediction. Uh, the DJ reason LeMay I, who hits 25 home runs, you know? What's that? DJ LeMay who hits 25 home runs. The reason I said he will lead the Yankees in games played is because I think there's going to be injuries to Aaron Hicks and to Aaron Judge. So even if Brett Gardner is playing over 100 games, which will probably happen, Clint Frazier will still get significant playing time. And he's the youngest guy in the outfield and he's the healthiest guy in the outfield. Knock on wood. Uh, I don't know about 30 home runs. I think he's he's still probably more of a line drive hitter. And if the ball is truly a little bit dejuiced, we might not see 30 plus. But really, what's the difference between 25 and 30 over the course of 162 games, or in this case, 155 games? Five five home runs. Oh, thanks. But 
really that's not that different for for uh for production it's five home runs over the course of a f- six month season it's a psychological barrier 30 home runs is much better than 25 home runs i guess so but at the same time 30 home runs it was kind of we, it, we were desensitized to 30 home runs so i think if he hits 25 or 30 home runs but the rest of the league is also mashing home runs because the ball is still juice it's not that impressive but if the home run leaders on the yankees are 44 Giancarlo Stanton, and, and he hits 25 or 30 home runs. That's that's much more impressive type of uh, type of season from him. So I mean, I similar think prediction I, from us. It, well, it's it's a little it it is different in the sense that I'm, I'm very surprised that you think he's going to lead the the team in games played because of the way that the outfield is so muddied up right now with the amount of guys that are out there. I understand you're basing that on injury, which is sick. It's a sick sick pessimistic way to a- approach that. But the fact that the fact that Brett Gardner is out there, the fact that, you know, Mike Talkman's on the roster, uh, Jay Bruce can play right field if needed. Uh, Stanton can play in the outfield. There's a lot of guys that, that can play out there. So I'm just having any outfielder as the guy leading that charge to me is a is is uh, is interesting. And coming from you, I'm more interested. In, it's more in, even more interesting. I, I I look at a guy like DJ LeMahieu as, as a no brainer candidate to, to lead the team in games played because he can play multiple positions. He can play first base, understanding that Jay Bruce is, is there now. No, no Voight. Uh, he can slide over to third base. He can play multiple positions and he's just like, you know, he's everyday Eddie. He's that guy that can go out there. So yeah, DJ um, LeMahieu was my second choice for leading games played, but that's not that bold. These are bold predictions, Scott. They are bold predictions there. It's a little like, okay. Okay. I think that one is a little, Bob, what do you think about that one? Did you think that, would, would you think did that one carry any weight? Cause I didn't, I mean, it. I think it's fair to take into account the injuries. I think, I think, I fair. think it's fair. And I always have numbers for my predictions. Okay. I'm, I'm either putting a name to my prediction or a number to my prediction. I'm not predicting that Nick Nelson is going to take a step forward this year. Well, I'm sorry, but when you're talking about the bullpen, it's very difficult to, to actually quantify that in a number. It doesn't really, it doesn't really add up to a quantifiable stat. Yes, when you're you talking about the we, we eventually got you to say he's going to be behind the five best relievers in the bullpen. <laughs> All right. Um, before I get to my uh, my my overall Yankees team prediction, it's not a, an overall season team prediction, but it has to do with the team uh, as a whole. I'm going to go back into the starting rotation and I'm going to throw a number out at you. And I know that this number doesn't matter in baseball as much, but I'm going to tell you why it matters to me. Wins. I got Jordan Montgomery winning 15 games uh, on the, okay. the New York Yankees. And the reason I have him winning 15 games is because when I'm looking up and down that rotation, I see a lot of uncertainty behind Garrett Cole. And I, I'd, I'd say, I'd go out on a limb and say that Jordan Montgomery is probably the least of the uncertain uh, when you're going uh, through through those guys. And that he's probably got the highest percentage chance to get through five innings. And when you're talking about the win statistic, I actually think it's becoming more. You're not including Garrett Cole. What's that? You're not including. No, I Garrett said Cole. outside Garrett Cole. I said okay. the other guys besides okay. Garrett okay. Cole. Okay. But 15 wins is to me an impressive feat because what that means is that you're out there for five innings and eligible for a win. And I don't think that's being taken into consideration as much when people are poo-pooing and shitting all over the win stat. Yes, the Yankees have to score runs. That has nothing to do with what the pitcher is doing, but. That pitcher has to be out there for five innings and be able to give them the ability to score those runs. And also now, I think Jordan Montgomery is such a crucial piece to the way that the um, the the whole pitching staff lines up towards the end of the season. For a lot of the things that you said, you mentioned that you don't think that the 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 bullpen you think the bullpen is going to struggle. And I think for in order for that not to happen, they have to have a guy like Jordan Montgomery going out there and throwing consistently five innings plus. Because if they don't, if they don't have a guy like Jordan Montgomery doing that, who else is going to do it? I don't see anybody else who really is going to be that guy who's going to go out there and consistently throw, you know, let's call it six innings. Corey Kluber very well may not be that guy. Tyon, you can't depend on that guy. Uh, Herman, maybe. Herman, we've, we've seen before, you know, he gets to that, that five inning mark and he becomes a different guy. So he's got to show that to me. Jordan Montgomery has the, the repertoire, the amount of pitches. To, to really eat some innings. And I think he's going to have a much better year than I think a lot of people are expecting. And I, I, I see him as emerging as, as like that dependable guy in there uh, behind Garrett Cole. Uh, and I think that he's because of that and because he's going to eat some innings and the Yankees are going to score a lot of runs, uh, the residual will affect 15 wins. 
Yeah, I mean, 15 wins is the new 20 wins because even I just looked at it, Jordan Montgomery in his 2017 season in which he was second in, was he second in rookie of the year? Or he was the second best rookie pitcher that year, right behind uh, Fulmer. He only won yeah. nine games and he and he was fantastic for most of the year. And he only still didn't even win double digits. So it's really hard to get wins. So I guess, yeah, that is pretty bold. I mean, he could, I mean, he, Pitchers now, it's like you have a great season and you win 11 games. So so it's, everything's out of whack with the win. But total. I think a lot of that comes down to as well when you're being pulled from the game. And and the fact is, is that guys are getting a quicker hook now well, and you're not exactly. even becoming That's eligible why the wins for that are, if you get in any trouble. The and the Yankees are, are to going by. to have to have patience with a couple of these guys in the middle. And Jordan I hope Montgomery's, so. I hope and, so. And Jordan Montgomery has to be one of those guys uh, because I, I just don't, I, I don't see them doing it with Tyone. Uh, no, Kluber and this could gets eventually into my next a, prediction. Is, yeah, if Kluber, if Kluber becomes, if they see him as a, as a, a guy that's, that's, that is seemingly healthy, maybe they will ride him a little bit more because there's really not that much to lose. But again, I think they're going to try to protect him and have him at his best towards the end of the year, which again, puts now Montgomery, who's far enough away from that Tommy John surgery, where he's really getting back into that, into that window where you see guys have um, sustain, sustained success and really get back to, you know, having the same action on their um on their pitches and from what we saw last year and early in spring I, I like what I see I like the I like the velocity I like the uh the action on his uh breaking stuff I think he's poised for a good year my next prediction is also about the rotation and it was spawned because of how they lined up their first six games where they're going to go Garrett Cole Corey Kluber Herman Montgomery and then go back to Garrett Cole on five days rest and then use Tyon I think they are planning on managing Tyon and Kluber's workloads, especially in the first couple months of the season. They, we, t- we talked about Tyon's innings a couple weeks back and how he said, well, we didn't put a number on it, but he also did mention 130 innings as like a target. But if it's more, he, he you know, he's not putting a number on it, but then he did put a number on it sort of thing. So I, I don't see the Yankees leaning heavily on either of those starting pitchers. I think their plan is limit both of their workloads throughout the season so they can be healthy in September and October. At least that's their plan. That's how they hope it goes. So my prediction is that Devi Garcia is actually going to start more games than Jamison Tyon and Corey Kluber. Devi Garcia will make 24 starts. Tyon will make 23 starts. And Corey Kluber will make 17 starts. I think mainly Kluber will be lowest because he will spend some time on the injured list. And I think for Tyon, it's going to be they're going to be heavily managing his workload. He's going to get a lot of skip starts throughout the season. I could see that. I definitely could. I think uh, I think we talked about this at one point, and the way that I had it in my head was that Tyone's going to be more of an innings and pitch count per start guy that they're going to keep an eye on rather than the actual starts because, you know, when you start skipping starts with a guy like that who's coming back with new mechanics, like, now you're playing with different different sets of risks, I think, by by adjusting the the days off and um, all of those things, getting out of a rhythm. But I could see on a on a given start, like there's a there's a limit. There's like a a very very hard pitch limit per start. Uh, I think that's how they'll manage him more. Um, but wouldn't be surprised if they skipped a start here and there. But I think well, it's I mean they are already in-game. kind of planning on skipping his. I know it's only guess, three it's, days, but then it li- how it lines up is he's not going to make another start for like another seven days. So again, already, I think that's just getting into the season thing. I think you're looking too much into that, but maybe I, 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 I don't am, think you're wrong either in, in the sense that they're going to manage those two guys for sure. Right. So they hope that Cole's the rock that, like you said, Montgomery takes a huge step forward and can be in every, every five days type of guy. I think they're just going to run Herman into the ground because what do they have to lose? And then the other two guys, they're going to supplement with Debbie Garcia and probably bullpen arms like Michael King and Nick Nelson and Luis Sessa, et cetera. Didn't their plan is to, to me, use Nick like Nelson's seven or eight guy. starting pitchers to get through 162 games. That's their plan. The, um, Not including the other Severino. Thing of, yeah. And then Severino comes back and uh, I was talking to him on about him on the, on that Knicks pod yesterday saying that, I wouldn't be surprised if if Severino came back and and wasn't, you know, it depends on how what the rotation looks like, but it wouldn't surprise me if he was added back in and and limited and put in the bullpen for the end of the year and and he becomes a a bullpen piece and then we look at 2022 as him back in the rotation. That would not surprise me at all. Uh and and might play depend again, depends on what the rotation looks like when he's ready to get back. Um but it would not yeah. shock me at all. If uh 
If in a, in and there, a best- and there goes your uh, there goes your two acquisition rumor out the window. If no, because you you cannot count anything on Severino. He's coming back from Tommy Johnson. I'm just saying he is happens, a complete. Your, he's a cherry on top. Prediction is gone. Before you say my prediction's gone, let's actually start the season. All right, what's your final one? All right, my final one. Here we go. I'm going back to the well here because I feel like it has to happen. I'm not going 19 and 0 because I feel like there's a lot of things that can happen in a season, and I'm just not as confident with um, the pitching staff this year. And I think there are some young kids on the Orioles that I have no idea about that are going to potentially scratch across a couple runs and they're going to take it personally. They're going to take this very personally. Um, but 17 and two, to be very clear, 17 and two. I don't think they win more than two games. I still look over at that, at that roster. It's dog shit. Yes. There's some young guys that could potentially play. They had some, some uh, they guys, the worst team in the division last year, the Red Sox. That's were. fine. That's fine. The Red Sox are not going to be the worst team in the division this year. I don't think, I think they have enough veteran guys where they're going to sneak above them. Uh, I think the Yankees go 17 and two against the Baltimore Orioles. I think that when we get back to Camden Yards, it's going to be a band box. Glaber Torres is on a uh, on a on a campaign tour again to become the mayor of uh, the king of Baltimore once again. I think we're going to see that. I think we're going to see um, the the pitching staff again with the Baltimore Orioles is so bad still. Like they have some young guys, but when you start playing 162 games again and you have the uncertainty of what guys are going to look like. As the season goes on, they have no depth either. They're by the by the time June comes around, July post All Star break, they're going to be in deep shit because they are going to be throwing out double A, triple A starting pitchers because the inevitable injuries are going to happen. They're going to get into the the depth of of uh, the Orioles, and we're going to I- identify how bad and how thin it is, and it's not good at the top either. So I think that the end of the year is going to be very rough for them. And I think that the the rest of the American League East, the offense uh, of these teams is going to feast off of the Orioles pitching. And so I think they sneak out two wins at some point, maybe early in the, earlier in the season, but 17 and two. The reason the Yankees went 17 and two, and that was after the first weekend in which they lost two out of three back in yeah. 2019 is because the Orioles gave up on the season. And I don't see, I don't know if that's going to happen again. Maybe this is only because I just did an Orioles podcast with Eric, Eric from Barstool, where he was a little bit more, um, not high on the team, but he liked the fact that they took a step forward in 2020 and they were actually not, they didn't give up on the season. They had some positives. Like the team felt better about themselves. They also they are were younger. Tra- They're young and dumb, young and dumb. They're also getting Trey Mancini back and he's kind of a veteran leader and he's also an emotional leader because he fought back from cancer and he's beloved in that city and in that clubhouse. So I don't, even though they're still bad, like they're not, they're not give up in the second inning kind of team anymore. I don't think so. I don't think it matters. I don't think they have to, I don't think it's their mentality. But I think that does matter in baseball (laughs) because in 2019, no matter what the Yankees could have been down by seven runs in the fifth inning. And you knew they were still going to win because the Orioles gave up. If the Orioles after the All-Star break are down to, you know, one of their starting pitchers that started this season, it doesn't matter. Like everything you just said Matt doesn't Harvey matter. Be their ace. I will say this, the Trey Mancini effect could be very real and I think that will be more real in the beginning of the season as they're getting cuz like he's a great story. I'm glad he's back. I'm rooting for the guy. And I think that you're right there's an emotional um surge from uh having a, a guy like Trey Mancini back as your uh, you know, quote, captain of the team, the leader of the team with a, a bunch of young guys. I think that's a very real thing. Um, but I think eventually talent's going to win over. So that's why I gave them two wins. I, I, I That was considered into that. Uh, but by the all-star break, they're going to be a defeated team they're, because their pitching staff is dog shit and they have nothing in the depth. All right. My last prediction is that September, it's going to be an emotional month in the Bronx. On Saturday, September 18th, when the Yankees are hosting the Cleveland Indians, or excuse me, the Cleveland baseball team, it's going to be Brett Gardner Appreciation Day because Brett Gardner, at some point later in the season, is going to announce that this will be his final year playing Major League Baseball. And then on Saturday, October 2nd against Tampa. See, you go so specific with these that they become dog shit. Okay, keep going. On Saturday, October 2nd against Tampa, the last home series of the season, which could also be kind of a playoff series because who knows, Tampa, they could be fighting for the division and that's the last three games of the season at home. We're going to have John Sterling Appreciation Day 
because John Sterling is going to announce late in the season that this is his final year calling Yankees radio baseball. Don't get all sentimental on us here. This is not a bold prediction. The man... The, the, this is this is probably happening. The man has didn't miss a game for like forty years. You're telling me that I'm predicting yes, and then his he retirement. Did. And then he did, and then he did. So okay. guess what? The writing is on the wall because then he did. Well, I I have to make I, a John Sterling prediction because I always make a John Sterling prediction. So then, if this is the case, the the Yankees need to dedicate the season to John Sterling and win the goddamn World Series because on the year that he makes an exit, they got to win the World Series. That's it. They have to. I could even see him this being his last full-time thing, and then maybe he'll only do like home series next year or something like that. This is but not I a bold prediction. This is I mean, no, this is no the, longer a prediction. This is I'm just it, talking about John Sterling. Like, but I'm saying, might, even in this in spring training when he did the um the you know back in the booth with with Kay, we talked about this. Like the writing is they're writing it on the wall right now. Like you're you're seeing the breadcrumbs of of this happening. The okay. man has had health concerns. We you know he needs to take care of himself and. Calling Yankee games every single day of the summer is not probably great for him. Especially travel, all the travel that's going to be involved for someone who's that age and at that sort of health and risk. again, I have a feeling they're going to announce, we're going to see more of, of other, other people in the booth uh, on road games because he's not going to yeah. be doing that as much. He just can't. At some point, you all can't right. do that. So, so Bob, who, whose predictions, whose set of five predictions did you like better? It's a tough call. Um, oh, do, I was do not thing, expecting Bob. this. How were you not expecting this? Of course, this was going to be my first question. I mean, <laughs> I'll have to go with, I, I like, I like Scott's. I do like Scott's outside of the broad Nick Nelson. I like the, the optimism with judge playing 140 games, 50 home runs MVP. I'd love that. Clint Frazier, big fan of Clint Frazier. I mean, he's just, he's just swag. He's, he's got swag. I'd love to see him have a good season. And, um, Jonah Montgomery. I saw, I, I saw that one resonating in the uh, in in Bob's yeah. intern's eyes oh, when I was so saying so it. I could is, see him swooning why over that prediction just to to win this question. Yeah, Jonah Montgomery. I'm I'm optimistic for him as well. I'd love to see him have a really good season. And Yankees going 17 and two against Orioles. I expect that. I don't know how bold it is because I I think they should go 17 and two against the Orioles because the Orioles they just should suck. go 19 and 0. They should go 19 yeah. and 0. They sh- yeah they should. This but, is um, exactly what happened two years ago. <laughs> yeah, I, I do. I do like Scott's set of questions. All right. All right. Well, we also got some listener submissions to at Yankees podcast Twitter. Uh, why don't you go through some of the good ones? Not the not the bad yeah. ones. The ones that you deem to be bold enough to read on the podcast. Yeah, top yeah. three. Top three. Scott okay, and I top will, three. will react to them. Before I get into the top three, I'm going to say my one bold prediction, which is. Yeah, of course. I think I think Gary Sanchez is going to be the home run leader. I, I I'm. I'm really pulling for a Gary comeback season. I'm I'm all so. over the the Gary comeback train. I think he's going to hit 38 home runs. I'm I am taking into account the fact that I don't think Judge and Stanton are going to go the season without hitting the IL for a significant amount of time. Um, obviously, I don't hope that happens. I hope Judge hits 50 home runs. I hope Stanton hits 44 home runs, but I don't think that's realistic. Um, but now I'll get into some Twitter ones. So a, hey, sort I, appreciate, of I appreciate you grounding us. The karma is now grounded, I feel like. So I appreciate that. This is also, yeah, yeah. let's also acknowledge a reason why Gary could lead the team in home runs with 38. And and I'm saying 44 for Stan is because Voight is going to be out for the first yeah. month and a half of the season. And he was a home run leader on the team last year. And who knows how he's going to be. He might get off to a slow start when he's coming back from from injury working up. So, I mean, he was he would have been like my third second or third pick to lead the team in home runs. And he's, he's just not going to probably get the time. Yeah. Gla- Glaber Torres two in 2019, I think led the team with like 36, 37 home runs. So I think maybe around that range, but um, on Twitter, there's two that are sort of similar by Andrew Norton and Dan Quinlan. And it is judge. The first one is judge will spend zero days on the IL, which I mean, with with a with a yeah, I don't know about zero days on the IL. That is bold. That extremely is extremely bold. bold. They better and knock Dan on wood. Yeah, we're, we're, bl- we're blaming them now. And Dan Quillen says Stanton will go the entire season without hitting the IL. So I sort of want to swing this into a question: How long do you guys think until they hit the IL? <laughs> do uh, they so do they like make it through April? It's not even that will they go on the IL. It's at what point will they go on the IL? Exactly. Well, I'm predicting Stanton doesn't 
go on the IL because he's going to play enough games and he's going to hit 44 bombs. He's going to still miss a decent amount of time with just days off and they're going to let other guys DH. But uh, so I'm saying Stanton does not go on the IL. And I say judge will be on the IL like uh, about 12, 15 before Thursday's game. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, the, so Stan, it's interesting when you look at Stan, you know, best shape of his life, you know, clearly they're all doing yoga now. They're all yogis. This is good for everybody, hopefully. Um, but, you know, with him at the, at the DH spot, I think he, you know, if you're looking at uh, Vegas odds, he's probably got the, the better odds to stay healthy just because he's doing less. Um, and there's there's not as many opportunities for him to hurt himself. Um, so you could look at it that way. Uh, Judge obviously going to be out in right field. And we know that he plays hard and, and goes after balls. Uh intensely. So that is just instinctual. And I think because of that, he's always at risk for, for some type of, um, you know, injury or, uh, just, a, a, you know, being knocked up a little bit, not knocked up, but being, uh, you know, battered, uh, bigger issue in, in the that way happens. that he plays, like he, he could get bruised and, and that could be a deep contusion and we could see him out for uh, some time. But, um, yeah, I think Stan does have the better opportunity to probably, uh, stay healthy for the entire year and not be on the uh, IL. That's that's going to be tough, though. Yeah. All right, so now that that's over with, let's knock on some wood that they don't get hurt. But um, the next one I think you guys will like because I think you talked about it on your podcast, but Hicks will never attempt to bunt from the three spot. <laughs> Who's that from? That, that one's from Andrea. Oh, nice, that's, Andrea. What's up? That one's going to drive me nuts. Beautiful. I wish I made that prediction. Thank you. I'm just okay. <laughs> Round of applause for Andrea. That is awesome. I'm glad yeah. that that's out there, Andrea. Good, good. The I will say this. I hope he does so badly, so so badly, and I am good. It's gonna be, it's gonna be a highlight of the season when he's up in the three oh, spot. That and highlight of the season isn't a is a. It's gonna be one of my highlights, and we're gonna see. Look, we're gonna see a runner on first base, and uh, the shift will be on, and there will be nobody at third, and he will lay down a bunt to move the runner over to 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 <laughs> to pass the baton to the next guy. And then we're going to see a mammoth home run by whoever's sitting hitting behind him on that given day. And it's going to be beautiful. It's going to be beautiful. And then we're going to see less shifting because he's put the fear in God of the bunt in see, the opposing not, players. I would, I agree. Bunt every time if you can do it and get on first base every time. But teams still say, I rather you bunt than hit the ball in the gap for a double or over the fence for a home run. So the, 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 they're enticing you to bunt. Is basically the yeah. thing. So, and with uh, this yeah. Yankees lineup, you better you better goddamn well have confidence in the guy behind you, and 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 be willing to move the chains and just go to the next guy, get on base, add another uh, add another guy for for the RBI total behind you because that guy has a much better opportunity to hit a home run and clear the bases. All right, so I'll move I'll move on to the next one. This one is by Regnu Mas, who thinks. Domingo Herman will get more wins than Garrett Cole. Did he put a number to it? He did not put a number to it. His, his I think it's strictly a Domingo Herman versus Garrett Cole. He's taking Domingo Herman. That's not happening. That's a bold prediction there. Uh, look, I wouldn't be surprised if Herman came out and, and pitched really well in the beginning of the year and and had some you know momentum. Um, we'll see how he he progresses. I think as the innings go on, as the season goes on, because that's where we saw him. Uh, you know, once he got into the the middle of the year, he's just had small spurts of success, right? So he's not had su- sustained success. That's where that's where uh, I think the next step for him is to you know identify that he can pitch through a season and pitch effectively through a season. Garrett Cole, and, we know, is a workhorse distraction and distraction. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think if you're predicting anybody in the rotation to have a better something than Garrett Cole, we're then, in trouble. Yeah, that's good. Unless Domingo Herman wins is lighting the world on fire and, with his pitching and then you know cole wins 21 or whatever but yeah all right those are those are some good submissions uh thank you everybody for for contributing bob welcome to the show happy to have you here yeah uh we're gonna wrap it up now but uh yeah hope you guys enjoyed the bold predictions we'll be back later this week scott is gonna talk to um arden swelling for the uh, toronto podcast and that's who the Yankees are starting the season with. So it'll be yeah. We'll drop that one before time. the we'll drop that one before the opening day. It actually uh, worked out. We had to push the time from yesterday, but it worked out. So we'll 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 pump that out before uh, opening day in the morning. 
Yeah, and we'll, we'll be back with our next regular podcast Monday morning. We're going to start, get on that schedule again. So we'll talk to you guys on Monday. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Make sure you find us on iTunes and subscribe so you can get all new episodes directly onto your phone. If you do like the show, we'd love for you to take a minute and give us a five-star rating and review in iTunes. It really helps us out and allows us to create more shows. We're on Twitter at Bronx Pinstripes and the same on Facebook. You can always find us there talking Yankee baseball. Thanks again, guys, for your support. Really appreciate it. And go Yankees. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.